Somebody shout hallelujah. Compliment again, beloved. We are welcome to season one, episode 14, which is the final episode of season one of Biblical Phronesis. Biblical Phronesis. And we shall be looking at six markers of Christian leadership um, in this particular episode. It is from this is based on the Google Growing Leaders by James Lawrence. It's a fitting way to end this is the one which we have looked at. Uh, we have looked at a number of texts. We've looked at uh, we just finished concluded Thomas was a still leader. We have also looked at other texts uh, like uh, graceful leadership. Now to go straight to the preamble for this particular closing episode for season 14. We already know that many ordained church ministers are unsure if they are leaders. They sense that their calling is to be a pastor or uh, another pupil ministry, but they are not sure where leadership ties up with their role in the church. However, in a rapidly changing world, Leadership is vital in helping the church move ahead. The church needs good leaders, and good leaders need the church. The church, in other words, needs authentic leaders. The church needs servant leaders in the mode of Jesus Christ. So we have one basic central question to look at in this particular episode. And the question is, what characteristics from the Bible mark out Christian leadership. In other words, what features from the Bible mark out Christian leadership? And we all know, especially if we are an academic, what a marker is. So I want us to reflect on what a marker is as we go through this particular episode. For a layman, a marker is an object used to indicate a position, place, or route. You can call it an highlight. In other words, the, the markers that we do in this episode will alight if someone is a Christian leader or, or not. A Christian leader, beloved, refers to someone in a dynamic relationship in which people under the influence of the Holy Spirit partner to achieve a common goal, such as making it to heaven, which is the vision of every one of us in RCCD. So it also refers to serving others by leading and leading others by serving them. It is the relationship in which lay and ordained leaders in the church have a positive influence that provides support, inspiration and encouragement to all Christians and non-Christians. This, this, this description is, is taken directly from the book by Lawrence. So let's go quickly now to the marker or to the highlighter. Of Christian leadership. Number one marker says Christian leadership is founded and marked by the relationship with God as Trinity. In other words, if there is no relationship with God in such a leadership, then it is not Christian leadership. So Christian leadership depends on relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, according to John chapter 15. We can read that at our own time. So without this relationship, Christian leadership does not exist. Christian leadership, therefore, refers to an expression of the grace of God 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. It also refers to an expression of the love of God the Father upon every one of us, upon mankind. It is also about the expression of the fellowship that we do have with the Holy Spirit. If we look at the first expression, which is the grace of God that we have through our Lord Jesus Christ, it, it's, it, it's, it comes from the need for us to follow Jesus Christ, and as we follow him, leading others. But however, as opposed to what we hear all the time from some leaders today, we do not, as individuals, we do not own our calling. We don't control where Jesus leads. We don't earn his blessings. Rather, Jesus generously, kindly called us out of love for people and a longing to fulfill his purpose in this world. We are doing it for Jesus. Not on behalf of ourselves. So Jesus' love for us draws us from, from the crowd based on our love for Jesus Christ and our love for the people. 1 John 4, 7-12. 1 John 4, 7-12. So the love goes the extra mile. It takes a slap on the cheek where required and gives away the garment when required without retaliation. Matthew 5, 38 to 42. Matthew 5, 38 to 42. So it's, it's an important thing for us to understand that our calling depends on Jesus. That's why we have to lead like him. Such a calling receives unfair criticism or unjust abuse and do not retaliate. It gives and keeps giving, not demanding anything in return as opposed to what we have today from some so-called workers or ministers in the vineyard. So this love aligns us with a young person who has just messed up completely or a worker that has missed the road without being judgmental, without distancing ourselves from fear or looking bad. Rather, it helps us to embrace the fellow in love and bring him closer to God because we all belong we are a people that belong to God. First Peter 2.9. First Peter 2.9. So second marker says to us that Christian leadership is rooted in the Bible and it is marked by the Holy Spirit. It is rooted in the Bible, not in any philosophy or in any ethical books or books on ethics. And it is marked by the Holy Spirit. So it is about the faithfulness to the word of God. That is what Christian leadership is about. So faithfulness to the word of God is not optional if you are a Christian leader. It's about openness to the Holy Spirit, to the leading of the Holy Spirit, so that it guides us to the truth, the truth in terms of the word of God. John 16, 13 to 15. John 16, 13 to 15. So Christian leaders seek to be faithful to the Bible in all they do because it is God's word. It is God's word because 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17 is very popular. 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17 says, It is useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, and for training in righteousness, so that the godly person may be thoroughly equipped for a good work. Please underline the word godly person. Anyone that's a Christian leader must be a godly person. So, Faithfulness to the Bible and openness to the Holy Spirit 
are like two spotlights in a theater. Once they are there, they will show that this indeed is Christian leadership at work. Once these spotlights come together, they bring focus and bright illumination to what we are doing as Christian leaders. The Bible and the Spirit help us as leaders to see our parts in God's bigger story. Because it is not our story. The salvation history of the world and the kingdom of God. We are just a player in the story or an actor in the storybook. So once we understand this perspective, it prevents us from getting stuck in our limited context. It helps us from not being myopic. In addition, the Bible and the Holy Spirit place a willingness to follow at the center of Christian leadership, a willingness to be a disciple. For a Christian leader's priority is to serve the king, who is the king, Jesus Christ. Jesus' discipleship is the constant journey of the Christian leader. You don't arrive until we see Jesus in glory. All leaders must be learners, submitted to serving the king, submitted to serving Jesus, following wherever he may lead. A Christian leader's allegiance cannot afford to lie anywhere else. Our allegiance must be aligned, must lie with the Trinity. Praise the Lord. Though this is a challenge and difficult to follow, but it's something that we must be comfortable to do. We must stay the course. Because the good news constantly calls us to a daily practice of repentance and faith. A concern for those who don't know Christ. That's why we must preach it and let our life be a living epistle. And to place the dying of Jesus Christ to motivate us what he did on the cross. Number three, quickly. Number three marker says Christian leadership is marked by servanthood. We have been amplifying this since the beginning of this season. Jesus did not say avoid leadership, beloved. Rather, he says, let your leadership be, be marked by servanthood. So, as Christians, we have to strive to serve. We must not strive for positions. Regardless of promotions or elevations in a mission, for example, we must always endeavor to follow the motto, once a deacon, always a deacon, regardless of our position. Why? Because a deacon, is firstly appointed to serve the tables. Praise the Lord. So, in terms of this marker, number three, which is about service. Service is meant to be a normal part of Christian discipleship and Christian leadership. Jesus expects those who lead to continue serving as normal part of their leadership role. That is why we see in, in Luke 22, Luke chapter 22, we can read from verse 22, to 26. We know this story very well. We see where Jesus Christ was saying that, in especially in verse 25 to 26, that the kings of the Gentile lorded over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are known to be like that, meaning you and I. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. You and I are known to be like the Gentile kings. We mustn't lord it over our people in the parish or in the leadership team 
or ministers or workers. No, no, no. We don't have that right simply because we are the peers of a parish. We mustn't make use of our position or power to wed authority in an arrogant way to the extent that we insult people that ordinarily we cannot enter into their office. We cannot get into their car, but because we are appointed as PIC or whatever position, we become arrogant. May the Lord help us in the mighty name of Jesus. We must never because think because we are the Christian leader in particular parish or structure, we are a benefactor. We must never, and we see this very clearly even from people holding any of the fivefold ministries. We must never decide when to give and when to keep back. That is that decision and property is for the Holy Spirit to help us. The greatest amongst us should have attitude of humility, a willingness to value others above ourselves. And we have our beloved Daddy Gio as a living model of that attribute. The one who rules should be like the one who serves willing to help others fulfill their dreams. The question is, are you willing? Have you been working as the PIC in your parish to help others to fulfill their dreams? This is very, very important. We also need to understand that neither success nor status defines Christian leaders or Christian leadership. It is service that defines who is a Christian leader. That is why, once a deacon, always a deacon. The servant leader is called forth to serve Jesus Christ, not to serve stomach infrastructure, not to serve ambition. No, it is to serve Jesus Christ in our place of assignment. That is why there are times when a servant leader must stand against the flow, prepare to challenge, confront, and change things. Because Jesus Christ's agenda is the priority. Not that, not that you are running a popularity contest in the mission. No, 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 no. Jesus Christ's agenda is the priority. For example, lies and deception must never be, be allowed. You must not look the other side. Because it's popular to do so. Christ served people. Christian leadership is marked by servanthood. It must be a foundational cornerstone of our thinking about spiritual leadership. Because leadership in, 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 in Christendom is about the spirit and of course spirit influencing what we do in the physical. Christ lived and taught and modeled it for us. That means servanthood. So it is our true distinctive as believers to do the same. Quickly, Practice uh, marker number beloved. This marker says that Christian leadership is shaped by the cross and marked by the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. In brief, the cross and resurrection power of Jesus Christ shapes who we are as Christians because we are saved by His grace. And as Christians, you must know that when we are back on this journey, there will be a time. Where in suffering may ensue. That is why in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Apostle Paul writes of suffering in a variety of ways because he wants Timothy to understand 
that this will happen in leadership. For example, suffering comes from faithfulness to the gospel, hardship of ongoing nature can be physical, it comes at the end of the church itself, maybe an appointment that is not favorable at that particular time to a family, and it comes from the end of Satan as well, 2 Timothy 2.16, and it comes from living in a fallen world in perilous time like today, and it comes from persecution from living a godly life. If, for example, you are uncompromisingly honest or brutally honest and people around you, even ministers, are not, then you'll be singled out for ridicule at times. 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, 2 Timothy 3, 12. So, one of the keys to Christian leadership is therefore faithfulness rather than success. It is often most clearly seen by the way we handle suffering. When things don't go our way, how do we handle it? It will show whether you are a faithful servant of our Lord, Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ or not. The cross is central to our experience of suffering as the place of comfort, forgiveness, empathy, reconciliation, and a new start. Praise the Lord. Quickly, marker number five. Marker number five says, Christian leadership is sustained and marked by prayers. There is nothing we can do as Christians without Prayers. Prayer is the mantle for all Christians. Without prayerful dependence on God, we reach derailment. That is our episode number one in this season. So Christian leaders must depend on God and give Him the glory for all wins and losses. Prayer is central to our Christian life and therefore central to our Christian leadership. It expresses our total complete dependence on God in response to what we are experiencing in our lives. Pattern of prayer may vary from one person to the other, but it must express dependence on God. If not, we risk losing intimacy based on relationship, humility based on gratitude, wisdom based on God's perception, and courage based on His strength to keep us moving forward. Praise the Lord. The last marker quickly as we begin to run to a close. Christ, uh, number six says, Christian leadership is marked by visible impact in our community. Impact within the fellowship. Within the fellowship. It says that as a Christian leader, we must be relationally present. We must be part of a godly community. And when we are posted out, there must be an effect that we have been there. We must leave a sign on the sand. So, understandably, leadership is about position. But in that, using that position, we must have relationship that is visible, that is present. And people can test to the fact that we, they, they, they see Jesus through us. Praise the Lord. So, our biblical phrases quickly as we round up in this episode. The six markers that we have gone through takes us to deep. It, it, it will take us to a deeper life of prayer and godliness. And the golden trend through these markers is grace, because God's grace calls and equips the ordinary people to do the extraordinary things. It is His grace, after all, that will be sufficient for us. It is His grace that will make us authentic leaders that we have been talking about throughout this season. It is the grace that will make us graceful leaders. 
and it is grace that will make us influential leaders, 360 leaders that will lead up, lead across, and lean downwards in our organization. So this episode closes season one of Biblical Phonesis, which is essentially an introduction to authentic leadership in the Christian form. Looking forward in season two, we shall look into the predictors of authentic leadership. Predictors of authentic leadership. Beloved, as we anticipate season two to begin sometime in February, it is fitting for us to pray now to close this particular season episode. Father, we thank you for how far you have taken us. We have gone through 14 episodes looking at various ways in which we can become authentic leader in your vineyard. Lord, what I've gone through, all the episode is your grace. Because by our power and might, we can do nothing. We cannot prevail. No man can prevail. We now pray that you give us the grace to be authentic leaders indeed, to be graceful leaders, to be able to influence people around us positively in the mighty name of Jesus. We look up to you to assist us, mighty God, to be like you, to imitate you, so that people around us will see Jesus in us. In Jesus' most precious name, we are praying. Amen. And so, beloved, if you are blessed with this final episode of season one, we urge you to spread the message that we are by African Forensis in your daily life. Please join us at the visitors.com, Resumption House, We want to hear from you, so please use our public platform to send a message to us. Until we come to you again in season 2 of Biblical Connections, remain blessed.